0: I don't know if I don't I know So
1: let's come back together, everyone. So let's begin with a sitting. Once again turning your attention inward. Feeling the body sitting erect. In meditation we want to balance these qualities of relaxation and alertness. So not too relaxed not too hyper alert and vigilant, but just comfortably present with interest, with openness, and at the same time a sense of settling back and being at ease. and beginning to notice what is here. Right here, right now, what is it you notice? If we notice that there's breath that we're breathing, we also notice how the breath is changing moment to moment. If we notice sounds, we can also notice how the sounds are appearing and disappearing, changing, moment to moment. So we're not trying to fix anything to stay the same or to stand still, but we're noticing how it changes as we pay attention. So it's a very dynamic noticing. when the attention wanders away, as it will, when your mind gets caught up in in one of its uh, stories or thought trains, when you notice that, then return to some aspect of your physical experience, either your breath or the feeling of your body sitting or the sounds that you hear return to the body over and over and over again as a way of anchoring yourself in the present If there is dullness or sleepiness, please open your eyes, take in some extra deep breaths. You can even stand up and do standing meditation if you'd like. You can stand up and keep your eyes open and just stand. That's a, that's a valid way to meditate, It's just stand. Feeling your feet connecting to the ground. Feel very rooted to the earth. We have until four o'clock. Before we start, a few announcements that, if I don't do them now, they'll never happen. So there are a few flyers on the the table and I'd like to point out several things, upcoming things that I'm involved in. There's so many wonderful offerings here at Spirit Rock. And uh, anything you do here is, going to be something wonderful. And the, um, the things that I have coming up are, uh, one is a day long in July with uh, another Spirit Rock teacher, Spring Washam, from the East Bay Meditation Center and Spirit Rock. Uh, we're doing a day long for women of all ages. We like this idea of multi generations getting together, and we thought, as we're women, we would start with getting the women together. I'm 74. Spring is in her 40s, some somewhere. Um, so that's on the. That's July 20th. That will be happening, and then. Um, July 22nd, I start a class called Awakening As We Age that will meet for five weeks on Monday mornings. I know that's not ideal for many people, for everyone, but for some people it works. Mm -hmm. Monday morning uh, for five weeks, Awakening As We Age, and it's an opportunity to go deeper with some of the topics that we're exploring here today and other topics about aging and it's, it's a lovely class because people really get to know each other, nice <coughs> community develops and um, we ask that people sign up for the whole thing so it's not a drop-in. So those are two of the things I have coming up. Is there anything else? <coughs> I don't remember any retreats, but, anyway, if they're happening, I guess I'll be there. <laughs> you, you, are, you are doing
0: a yoga and meditation. Oh, thank you, I'm doing several <laughs> retreats, yeah.
1: Thank you. But I think they're full already, they full, so they, okay, thank you. Um, anyway, it's always lovely to see any of you at any of the retreats. Um, Also, Donna, this teaching is offered uh, in the way that we work here at Spirit Rock. It's not fee-for-service, but rather we operate according to the principle of generosity. It's considered a a way that the teachings stay alive rather than just um, what we're used to, fee-for-service, but rather that it brings a quality of relationship into the teaching. Like you come and you hear the teacher and you think it's some of things are helpful. and so in 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 your out of your heart, you give whatever donation you feel you can, which is comfortable but also generous and that that it expresses your desire to continue this way of operating and also to have uh, continue, us teachers being able to continue to teach because we actually live from Dona it's not just like you know a little tip here or something that wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't work so well so so far it's worked really well at Spirit Rock and we're deeply grateful to your generosity so anyway before you leave there's baskets in the back and in the lobby <clears throat> we we gratefully and joyfully accept your expression of generosity So this afternoon I want to um, cover a very big topic that's uh, very confusing, extremely confusing subject called no-self. Sometimes called not-self, no-self, egolessness or selflessness. All these words are pointing to something. What are they pointing to? So this is what we're going to jump in and get in the territory of because as we age, as we've already seen this morning, some of the old ways of identifying ourselves, some of the old <laughs> ways that we have felt uh, identified with are changing. So what does that do to our sense of identity? And who 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 is here when all of that is gone, when all the roles have been done? The, And what is here? Clearly, there's something here. You don't just, you know, disappear into a a black hole or something. You know, you're still here. You're still alive. What is this? Who's here? What is this about? So those are some of the questions we wanted. So, So not self, no self is not is confusing because it implies that there is a self that we need to get rid of. It's kind of a very common idea in Buddhist circles. When students hear that, it's like, oh, I need to to not have a self. I need to get rid of myself. But it's actually not that. There is nothing to get rid of except a misperception of what was here all along. We thought there was an independent, solid, enduring entity of some kind called me that was running the show. Not-self refers to the direct experience of seeing through that misperception that actually, just as we did with the body this morning, it appears that the body has this solid, enduring, independent existence. But when we looked even a little more closely, and we looked at some of the functioning of the body, and we looked at the fact that we didn't even know this was going on in the body, we can see that there is no autonomous self that is running, that is controlling, that is uh, sending orders to how the body functions. No, the body is an completely complex, intricate, sensitive system of causes and conditions and effects that operate exquisitely together. I mean it's so and anything in the world is like that. Anything in nature, each tree, each blade of grass, each flower. We're discovering you know more and more with climate change now that Um, nothing can be separated as having some kind of independent existence that doesn't depend on the whole thing. Like this famous quote of Carl Sagan, if you want to make apple pie, first you need to create a universe. (laughs) You know, there's, there's no... There's nothing without a universe, and that universe operates according to particular laws. It's a lawful universe. It has its own laws that we, we're still discovering what those laws are. Some of them are pretty mysterious laws, but nevertheless, they're, they're laws. So there's this lawful operating, but there's no one. This is very much a Buddhist view. There's no one standing separate and apart, running, running it, you know. There's no Wizard of Oz. Behind the curtain, you know, pulling the levers. It is. It is all operating according to a, a very complex uh, interaction. And this is very uh, okay. So, so no self refers to this this idea that there is a there is something, but it is not independent of it is not an independently operating something. It is not solid. It's not enduring. All these words are used. So there's nothing to get rid of. That's the bottom line. There's nothing to get rid of. There's only something to see for what it is. Rick Hansen has a, a lovely description of of the fact that the neuroscientists have been looking in the brain for perhaps a center that would be the self, you know, like some place in the brain that they could say, well, that's the, that's the source of self, that's where self is. But they have not found any such thing. So Rick Hansen writes, the everyday feeling of being a unified self is an utter illusion. The apparently coherent and solid eye is actually built from many neural subsystems with no fixed center. The apparently stable eye is produced by variable and transient activations of neural circuits. The apparently independent eye depends on neural circuitry, the evolutionary processes that built them, critical interactions with others to shape those circuits and the stimuli of the moment. Neurologically, self is empty. The word empty means without absolute inherent existence, without an autonomous independent existence. There is nothing in this universe that doesn't depend on everything else. There is nothing in this universe that stands separate and alone, but we have this illusion about ourselves that somehow we are autonomous beings. That's an illusion. So the misperception is that we have bought into the illusion. So the freeing of ourselves of an illusion is what no self refers to. Uh, So when we think about ourselves we assume there is a thinker someone behind or independent that is doing the thinking that is the owner of our thoughts but such an entity cannot be found instead we discover there is thinking we all know there's lots of thinking going on but there is no thinker There is breathing, but there is no breather. There is hearing, but there is no hearer. There is sensing, but there is no person in charge of that. This is what no self refers to. This is what emptiness refers to. So the Buddha, but this goes against our, our, it's very counterintuitive because, you know, we feel like we're ourselves, we, this is me, I have my thoughts and I have my memories and I have this and that and, you know, it's a very counterintuitive kind of approach. So the Buddha pointed to identity as a view of ourselves constructed by our thoughts a conclusion we draw about ourselves based on our life experience and other people's feedback. We have ideas about ourselves. I am good. I am bad. I am worthy. I am unworthy. Anybody recognize this territory? We have a lot of what we call judgments or stories about who we are, based on our many experiences. I had an aspiration as a child to learn to play the violin. I was really bad at it. I was so bad that one time I was playing in the orchestra, and the whole orchestra came to a dead halt, <laughs> and I kept playing. That's how bad I was. So I arrived at a conclusion in fourth grade that I was not to ever do that, play anything. No instruments. I was not musical. I had no talent in that area whatsoever. I just, like, forget it. That was a big conclusion I drew about myself. You know, so. Uh, Me and music and I parted ways. I enjoy music, but I'm not, I don't think of myself as musical. So many times these views of ourselves begin in early childhood. In your family, were you the smart one? Were you the slow one? Were you the quiet one? Were you the rebellious one? Were you the loud one? We all pick up those ideas or we take on roles. I am the mother and maybe you're not only the mother in your family but you're the mother in the office or wherever you go during the day. Or I'm only average in school. That's me. I'm the average one. I'll never get better than average. These are all based on real experiences. They become conclusions, they become views of ourselves that we begin to take as as being true, as being real, as being who I am. So part of our practice is beginning to look at that and kind of question, is, is it true? Are these conclusions true? Is it, is it, I could ask, you know, is it true I'm not musical? Maybe it's not even true. It's just based on some idea I had. Or you could begin to question the reality of these conclusions, especially the, the painful con- conclusions. You know, those are the ones that we really uh, most need to challenge. Some, some conclusions may be I'm uh, more positive and they help you in your life. I'm not saying to question those so much as the more negative ones, the ones that cause suffering. So the point of this (coughs) is to understand what the Buddha was talking about when he said the self is a view, it's a perspective we have on ourselves. The point of this is to see that the the self that we most often refer to as me is a construct. It's constructed out of our opinions, our judgments, our our ideas about ourselves. And that we participate in an ongoing way in creating that view. We can notice when we are sitting, we may have many thoughts and some of them are quite neutral. I'm at spirit rock, the air conditioning's on, it's a warm day, the sun is out. These are sort of neutral, right? They're not, and then suddenly one thought will come along. Did I hear what I think I heard when Bob said that to me in that tone of voice? And suddenly a self appears, an idea about somebody's view of us or our opinion about something that involves me, and by gosh, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to go to Bob and really tell him what I think or you know this idea of self suddenly will appear in the middle of our meditation. So, when we get instructions in practice here at Spirit Rock, we often will be told when you're noticing thinking, to notice the kinds of thinking you're you're experiencing. Maybe you you can notice planning thoughts or um, judging thoughts, or you can notice um, uh, loving thoughts or angry thoughts or um, thoughts about strategy thoughts, things you're going to, you know, you're, or analyzing thoughts or Dharma thoughts. There's all these categories of thinking that we can notice. One of the categories of thinking that we can notice and that's most relevant to us today are thoughts called selfing. Selfing thoughts are the thoughts that create our view of ourselves, that tell the story of who we are, how we're doing, who we were in the past, who we're going to be in the future, all those kinds of thoughts. And they usually come with a certain charge. We're invested in those thoughts. we we They're not idle thoughts. You know, they're not just like the sky is blue thoughts. So this is what the Buddha called the constructed nature of self, that we participate in telling ourselves a story and spinning that story on and on and on and (coughs) on every day of our lives. You know, you wake (coughs) up in the morning, and you know that time in the morning you wake up and, and you're still a little groggy and you're kind of like, you're not so even aware of where you are or what's going on. You know, you have a little space where you're just waking up, you're aware of a lying there and sort of waking up and then the story starts <laughs> you know oh my god I forgot to call blah 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 and I've got to get up and get on the the, 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 the and it's often going you, you recognize that yeah so that's the creation of self you know that's the construction there's nothing wrong with it the Buddha wasn't saying that's bad don't do that He said, just notice that this is the self we're talking about when we say me or mine. That self, that's what is meant. And that it's a construction. It's not inherent. You weren't born with those thoughts. You weren't born with the ideas about yourself. They were accumulated over many years of experience. Mostly we believe our thoughts about ourselves, don't we? It's hard to have a thought about yourself that you don't believe. It seems so convincing, so real, so true. Of course that's me. That's what I do. Um, But the truth is the story we tell about who we are largely determines the kind of experience we have in life. I am no good. I fail. I'm, I'm a failure. I'll never, I'll never amount to anything. And so we go about, you know, with that feeling and every, we find proof. There's a lot of reasons we can find that will confirm that view of ourselves. It's our bias against ourselves. So we go around with that kind of story, it has, it has uh, consequences. So now we're going to do an exercise to explore our story a little bit. So would the, would the um, volunteers hand out the pencils and paper? If you need it, maybe you have a pen and paper with you. You can use, or if you don't, they will hand out pencils and paper for you to use. And we'll explore this a little more directly. Here's a gentleman over here, Nathan. I think you'll yeah you need a blank sheet.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you.
1: So does everyone have something to write on? Okay. Um, So now I'd like to invite you to close your eyes. And uh, you don't, you won't need your paper quite yet. And I'm going to ask you some questions. And the best you can begin to notice the, what you experience in relation to the question. What story do you tell yourself about how you're doing? What story do you tell yourself about how you're doing? What are some of the specific words you use to describe how it is going? If you want to take some notes, you can. What's your story? And what words do you use? to describe how it's going. Maybe you never say these words out loud, but they're in you. Maybe your story is a secret story. You only tell yourself. What words do you use when you think about yourself? is the emotional tone of the story that you tell? Is it sad or angry or fearful, worried, excited, joyful, difficult, loving, patient, restless. What kind of Emotional tone does your story have? And what, you may have several stories, but what is the most, what story do you tell that is most difficult, that has the most, Suffering in it. You don't need, to, you're not going to be sharing this, so you can feel free to. Be very honest with yourself. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to go into an inquiry. So, once again, find a partner. To work with, you can bring your piece of paper with you, but, and don't talk too much, just silently find a partner and face each other. Raise your hand if you don't have a partner. (coughs) Raise your hand if you don't have a partner. Okay, let's keep, let's, let's, let's come back together. Let's stay in, stay in touch with yourself. Okay, listen up everybody. This time the question that you're going to explore together is who would you be without your story? Who would you be without your story? So the person who asks, you ask, you say that question, they answer you, you say thank you. Who would you be without your story? They answer, thank you, be sure to say thank you, okay? So any questions? Okay, this time the person with the shortest hair is the one who asks the question. (laughs) Okay. So let's begin together. Okay, let's, everyone close your eyes, close your eyes, come back inside. Feel your body, feel your breath. And then open your eyes and change roles. Oh my <laughs> and a few things to say, a few things to say, which is, one is don't change the question. Just say the, say the question as it was given. Who would you be without your story? Don't comment on things your, your, your person says. Just do the exercise in a very simple way. So you don't get off into some big conversation, you don't change the, the whole exercise. Just stay with it, that's the discipline of it. Just stay with it as it was given, okay? Thank you. So please begin. Take a moment to close your eyes, close your eyes. Take a moment to close your eyes. Feel your body come back your body, feel your breathing, and breathe, take a big breath. And then open your eyes and thank your partner in whatever way seems best. Let's come back together. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's, let's come back together and see Haya, we're going to need the mic, oh, she has it, oh good. Um, so would anybody be willing to share what you discovered?
2: Well, as I was sharing, I realized that there's so much emotion right under the surface, and I really decided that I didn't want to kind of open up um, (laughs) amongst all of these people. So I just kind of kept it on purpose, kept it so I didn't get too deep, Mm -hmm. but there's tons there.
1: So so what do you make of that?
2: Well, that it's definitely something that I have to look at, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Who else in the back there with the enthusiastic <laughs> wave? No,
0: no. Oh no, okay. You <laughs> sure? I'm just waking up.
1: <laughs> Oh, I thought you were, okay. <laughs> who else would like to share I, what they discovered? Kn- mm. What is
3: this on? Okay, I noticed that, um, that my story also served me. So I was noticing what didn't work, what served and what didn't serve, oh, which good. was really exciting. Yeah,
1: <laughs> great. Yes, who
4: else? Um, what I found was that um, I couldn't, there was no one in the room except for this one last person. And when we shared, we discovered that our stories were very ide- almost identical. Mm, interesting.
1: <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah, that is a setup of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would be willing to share? There's some up front if you want to. There's this woman here, and then Max.
4: What Hi, I, d- I have been in therapy my entire adult life. <laughs> and I have a theoretical understanding of how my story has limited me. Yeah. But this was a really visceral experience mm. of, of who I would be because it was all about uh, fireworks mm. and red convertibles <laughs> and, <laughs> and energy. Yeah, oh. and, and limitless possibilities. Wow. It was quite lovely to, uh, okay. to
1: have that actual connection. Fabulous. We'll watch for you on the freeway.
4: <laughs> My friend is driving the red convertible.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Max? Uh,
5: when we were writing those stories, uh, I think you gave us the impression that These are confidential. Nobody is going to know them. However, in answering those questions, oh, they were revealed. Revealed good times, yes. uh, So uh, I I knew what her stories were, were, and I'm sure she also knew what mine were. But I was not uh, very much uh, emotionally disturbed by that because... I had some idea that my stories, uh, especially the ones that gave me a lot of suffering, they were in the early stages of dissolution. Oh. So, so there was a lot of hope.
1: Yeah. Thank great. You. Great. So you got glimmers of where you might go without a story, a suffering story. Is that a Is that something? people are relating to? Nod your head so I know that you're... Yes? Okay, good. Just make sure we're going in the right direction here.
3: I guess I kept thinking about the word story and, and realized maybe it is just a story. And I tried to ask the question differently. Um, uh, Who would you be without the story, and who would you be without your story? Uh And and it just made me think, you know, these are just stories, perhaps,
1: and that we've created them. That's right. And that we
3: don't maybe need them. And so it just reminded me Uh, these are a story.
1: This is exactly what the Buddha was pointing to. By the way, it's just a story you're telling yourself. It's not, you know, you can do another story or a better story or you can live with no story. Yes, great.
4: It just popped into my head right now that my story was created not so much for me but to tamp me down so that my parents would be comfortable.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> yes. Anybody relate to that? Sure. Yeah. So we have several here. Great. Uh, without
4: my story, although it was hard to, you know, kind of release it, I I I would be happy and free. Mm-hmm. With my story, I am comparing. Mm-hmm. It's a comparison of. My either my story or what's happened to me to somebody else or to somebody else's story, Mm -hmm. and that is just a trap.
1: Yeah, one story comparing itself to another story. Yeah, (laughs) no win, no win. Yeah,
6: thank you, Nancy. I felt so free. And I thought, real, I didn't, you know, I was feeling pretty happy with my story, actually. <laughs> it was a pretty good story. But I, I, I realized, <laughs> <laughs> I realized for the first, I think I I hadn't realized that, you know, in some ways I'm not allowing myself the freedom that if I didn't have the story I would have, I would be enjoying. So yeah. it was illuminating because it kind of pointed out little rigidities that I didn't really think about. Before. Yes. So that was helpful to me. Good. Yes. Thank yes.
1: You. Little ways we keep ourselves in a box. Yes. Yes. Or big, ways. or big ways. Little or big ways. I found the the
4: repetition of the question was uh, endlessly compassionate. Um, in that it just I couldn't like wiggle out. There was no wiggle room. It just kept going, and I thought it when it when it was Joan's turn to ask me the questions, I thought she's asking way longer than I asked her. You know, it's like this must be 30 minutes on my end and 10 on hers, because it was just it it was long enough to get to the real stuff. Yeah. And it just sort of poured out, but it was uh, it felt so incredibly compassionate. Very very Kuan Yin-ish. Yes, it
1: is meant in that spirit. Although some people don't ex- always experience it that way, they may feel like they're being grilled, or you know. But it is meant with great compassion. No wiggle room.
2: Like a woman said earlier,
1: um, hold closer. Like
2: that, yeah. Like a woman said earlier, I got. Um, now I forgot because I'm on stage here. <laughs> um, like a woman said earlier, that she. Um, I'll have to give you back the mic. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come up. It'll bubble up. Like, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> that that I had shed a lot of um, situations and qualities and stories over the years. And that was very viscerally felt. Yay. And that being here now, things were simpler. And that I actually want to be free and happy. Mm. And uh, so that was what I went through. And Great. And it was very... Uh, much felt in on the inside.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. You feel that being that wants to be free and happy is right there. Mm-hmm. Not far away. Mm-hmm. You notice that? Yeah. It's not far away.
4: I I was just struck with my answers kept on being a little less of what I've been. You know that I just not like I wanted to be some different complete different more perfect story. <laughs> it was like uh, accepting that there's certain things that happen that have made this story. Can I, can I be less reactive and less, you know, rigid and constricted by it? So yeah. almost like you know, some compassion. Like there's certain trauma that occurred and I can't change that, but and it's sort of laid down in my cells and I'm going to be some reactive. But can I be less crazy and yes. less reactive? Lovely. And just a little and ultimately the answer was I'd have to be, you know, not have to be. I'd, th- I would be more compassionate a- around my reactivity <laughs> if sure. I was going to have a different story. Sure,
1: sure. Thank you. Here's one. Up, uh, this gentleman here behind the pillar.
5: Well, it occurred to me that there is a big meta story. 20 years ago... At my age, I I wouldn't probably be my age, but the idea was that when you turn 40, your brain starts to die and is downhill all the way. Yes. As a result of neuroplasticity, (coughs) we now know that the brain can continue to grow, and we have a choice, and if we choose, we can continue to grow intellectually, spiritually, creatively, and emotionally, and relationally, but it's a choice that we have now that people didn't think they had 20 years ago.
1: Yes. Isn't that great?
5: Great, yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) So that's the meta story that I hope you all take home with you, that change is possible. And when we ask these questions, we're getting a sense of possibility. It won't be that everything just disappears magically, but there's a sense that if we keep in this direction, we keep opening where it's been closed, we will find a new story. We'll find a new direction. We'll find a new sense of liberation. Okay, so over here.
3: Um, I retired from a fairly high-pressure job about seven months ago and so I kinda realized that the story what it was would have been a year ago is kind of what I am today without my story.
1: Oh, nice, yeah. yeah.
3: Did that make sense?
1: Yes, it <laughs> did, actually.
3: And um, so I was having a really hard time. What would I be without my story is what I am.
1: Yeah. And Yay. not that I'm,
3: I don't mean to say I'm perfect in any way.
1: No, we're, we don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but but, but
2: that, uh, that story that followed me for years and years and years is yeah. what I am today.
1: So. so here's living proof that you can change your story. How fabulous. And there's always more, you know, there's always more. Okay, last question or comment right here.
5: Yeah, I couldn't really find a self without the stories. Like It was as if the stories are <laughs> what gave the self contour and That's shape. Right. And, mm-hmm. and without them, I was kind of left with
0: <laughs>
5: some kind of union or something, just some... Some, I don't, you know. I, yeah. I don't want to say nothing, but. It's
1: not nothing,
5: is it? Right, it was, it's something. There's it's, uh, something,
1: right. but what is it?
5: It's very unsettling.
1: <laughs> but maybe also very alive, freeing, <laughs> mysterious, worth investigating. Yeah. So that's the, that's the deal. The self is a story. The self is a constructed story. Um, there's a S- Avatamsaka Sutra. Having no view of self, having no story about self, mm-hmm. one is always peaceful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Having no view of self, one is always peaceful. You. This is what you entered, this territory of No story, no view of self. Something opens that's a little mysterious that we can call peaceful, we can call free, we can call it happy, we can call it mysterious, we can call it all kinds of empty. It's empty. This is what's meant by emptiness. It's empty of what? A view, a story, a self. That's all. It's still very alive. it's very present, it's very full but it doesn't have the added added onto it a big story. So we're going to take this a little bit further and I want you to go back to your pen and paper and we're going to take this another level. So I want you to get, get back into the story you were describing uh and some of the words that you use to describe yourself and if you didn't write them down then please write down some of the words that you use the most vivid words that you can conjure up that are part of your story about who you are No this the, we're now going to go back into the story just for a few minutes to extract from it some of the language you use to describe that story. And they can be negative uh, words or positive words, either one. Can you give me an example? I am um, (coughs) stubborn, uh, rambunctious and impatient. Or I am patient, confused, and enthusiastic. It doesn't matter what the words are, but just some words that you feel connected to. Words that feel like you. Then I want you to write a sentence that begins, I am, and use three words that describe you, just as I said, I am blah, blah, and blah. Can be
0: four?
1: <laughs> well, we're using three. <laughs> because we're doing it all together so we need to use the same number <laughs> write down a sentence i am Blank, blank, and blank.
3: Is this related to our story or just Yes. Anything? The
0: story or anything? <laughs> well, it's
1: best to take it from your story that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. Okay. hmm uh-huh. Words that feel <laughs> like you. They can be negative or positive. It doesn't matter. So yes? These are words that During the actual exercise, it could be, or they might be coming to you now. It doesn't matter. I can change my story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if you would like to, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Why not? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So does everybody have their sentence? Yes. Okay. So put down your pen and paper. Stand up and stretch, because you're going to need to stay awake here. <laughs> Let's stand up and stretch. Oh. 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 Hmm. Okay, so sit back on down, and uh, you don't need your paper anymore. Just remember the sentence, and I'd like to invite you into a meditation posture. You can close your eyes, come into your body, feel your breathing, feel your. Self, sitting in the chair, breathing in, breathing out. And now I'd like you to remember the sentence, I am blank, blank, and blank. Three words, one, two, and three. And now I'm going to give you a magic eraser. This magic eraser is going to be with you for the rest of this exercise. I am, say your sentence. And feel the truth of it. That's me. Yep, that's who I am. And now take your magic eraser and gently erase the third word of description. (coughs) Gently erase. So now you're left with I am blank and blank. And say that sentence to yourself. And now with your Magic Eraser, erase the second word. So you are left with I am blank. Just feel the truth of it. And now erase the first word. I am blank. So you are left now with I am. Just feel I am. Feel your body, feel your breath. And now with your magic eraser, erase M. You're left with I. (coughs) And now erase I. Who are you now? Has anything been lost? Has anything been gained? What is here? So open your eyes, and let's hear from some people. What was that like for you? Anyone? Yes, right here. At first it was fearful because I thought there would be nothing there, and then I realized it's a hologram. It's a hologram, okay. Back there.
3: Um, I
1: it, What I experienced at
3: the end was I just visualized this exciting em- empty canvas and filled with, I could fill it with all kinds of possibilities and pictures, so it was very
1: exciting. Mm. Thank you. Anyone else? Up here.
2: Uh, I was left with just the essence.
1: Yes.
3: Of whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I was thinking that I should have put the words in a different order uh, at first, because I, because I'm thinking, oh darn it, I hate to get rid of that one. But then I thought, well, I'm, I'm fine with those other two, you know. And then another one dropped off, and I thought, well, you know, this one left is really me anyway. <laughs> and and so, but you know, it made me just think about the different ways I've described myself. And then when they were all gone, there was a bit of an empty feeling. Oh, okay but the words themselves had some significance for me yes
1: thank
6: you i felt something it was it was like i was something that was one with I, i i don't want to say universal but it was it was something and I thought, what is this? Is it God? What is it? But I was not, al- I didn't feel alone or sad. I just felt like I was just one with everything that is. And and it, and it was comforting because I hated letting go of those. Mm. I like you. I, mm-hmm. But I thought, well, this is pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> it felt good. Mm. Okay. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yes, here.
2: Well, I goofed and I made a mistake and I wrote the first three words just I am figuring it was about me. And those three words were rather pleasant. And then when he said the words had to be connected to the story, the words I wrote were way more poignant and more fraught (laughs) with stuff. And so what I got from it is that just that context, it wasn't even the eraser thing, that if you just said, describe yourself, the self I would describe is a lot more pleasant, open, and free than the self I would describe in connection to the story.
1: Okay, that's good. Yeah, sure.
6: As each word... um, was erased, I felt more and more free and open and relaxed. And by the end I had a smile on my face Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh this is this is why enlightened beings smile all the time.
0: (laughs) 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 That's a
3: clue Well, I took the exercise very literally, so I discarded the last word, and then the second word, and the first word, and the I and M, but I was left with and, which never got erased. Oh, okay.
6: <laughs> 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 so I I took that
3: to feel really interconnected that I am part of.
1: Lovely. Well, that's a nice reframe (laughs) of the thing. But if you'd like a magic eraser, you can now erase it. (laughs) Thank you.
3: I love words and I love language, and erasing the words one by one was much easier than choosing only three.
1: Oh, yeah. Interesting.
3: I was pleased to get
2: rid of the words, though I thought you were going to leave I am, which is the name of God for some, but then I just realized that I am an Adam, I am the essence of by whatever name we call God Spirit, mm. and I was excited.
1: Oh, that sounds good. So um Buddhist like silence. Buddhist like silence. Who else?
3: Uh, right here, right here. Oh, oh, okay. Um I had positive words in in my um three words. So then I had to erase them. Mhm
4: and it was very interesting because they were about freedom and movement and and i'm limping around with a cane and stuff and so it was so the whole process for me was um coming to terms in a pleasant <laughs> way of those losses mhm yes so so that was uh, it was a different twist to the whole thing. Yes,
1: it's a different twist, and it's so interesting doing this exercise over with many different groups of people. I, for some people, the, the words, or having them erased, does feel like a loss. For other people, it feels like a great relief. Or maybe the same person could experience both of those at different times. So it it sort of points to our relationship to words and how much we rely on words for a sense of our identity. And also it, it points to the possibilities of silence, of the living presence that doesn't require any words. So it can go in a number of different directions, this exercise. Let's see if there's anyone else. There's one over here.
6: (coughs) Um, See if I can do this. Um, As the words were erased,
4: I this time felt relief. It was a restful feeling. And then what was left was the humming of the
6: Machine, whatever it is. And then I heard, (coughs) she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) And with a love like that, (laughs) you know, you should be glad.
1: (laughs) I
0: really
1: did. -hmm. We never know. I remember the first time I saw the Himalayan mountains. I was in Nepal in the 80s trekking, and we, the mountains had been under the clouds for many days, and then finally they cleared, the clouds cleared, and the sun was arising over the Himalayan mountains. And many of you may have been there, and it's truly an, an impressive sight You know when that happens. So, I would have thought that my mind would be playing some kind of like beautiful symphonic, you know, something. Bah, 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 bah. You know? Instead, what I heard in my mind was use Ajax,
6: <laughs> 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 the foaming cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It just didn't fit at all. It just didn't fit at all. But that's what we're up against, folks. A mind that has a mind of its own, as it said. So, so this is pretty much done here. Yeah. So basically, we are our own
3: worst enemy.
1: Well, Yes and no. If we believe our story, yes. If we believe our story, yes. But if we see that it's only a construct, it's something that we created, and we can also create another story. We can deconstruct the stories that don't serve us. We can construct better stories. We can, we can live however we choose. It's up to us so in that sense we actually it's an empowering (coughs) teaching
5: Uh, does it also mean that we don't have any willpower
1: i don't see that i don't see that we don't have choice we have choice we can see through mindfulness we have the power to penetrate what's not working and to make better choices for ourselves. So in that sense, we have, we have willpower, I think. That's sort of a loaded word, willpower, because it gets into other philosophies and so forth. So I just like to use the word choice. We have choices. When we're clear about what's <coughs> happening, we have choices. So I think I'll, uh, let's see, how shall I close? Well first of all I just want to thank you for being receptive to these teachings and um, very present with your attention. I have felt that today, and it's greatly appreciated. We've covered a lot of territory. This is not um, lightweight Dharma that you're hearing today. So if it's confusing, not to, not to worry. It's, it's, it's one way of describing. You may hear other more helpful ways of describing. But I hope you can leave today with a sense of who am I now? with a sense of new potential, new possibility. That there is in the present, this capacity we have for discovery, for openness, for exploring, for getting in touch with better choices for ourselves, for empowering our lives, and and that we don't need to be so afraid of, of new ways of seeing and perceiving that, that actually Um, can be very freeing to get out of the boxes that we've held on to for so long. So I hope you come back to Spirit Rock and continue your practice so that you will have these these muscles of choosing in new ways get strengthened and that you find this is a useful uh, teaching and especially for this time of your life where you're Uh, being challenged by uh, life itself. You know, it's challenging to open ourselves to the unknown in the ways that we are doing. So let's close by dedicating the merit. That's something we like to do here at Spirit Rock um, where we recognize our connection with all of life. That's really what dedicating the merit is about, is realizing that when we practice we're not just practicing for ourselves alone but that we are practicing for the benefit and welfare of our families when you go home tonight when you when you live in close proximity to others they will be affected they are affected by how you are by how you're what your response to them is and that in this way we share the teaching not necessarily verbally but non-verbally in the way that we are with each other and that this is this is one of the ways that we bring benefit to the world around us uh, little things can mean can make a big difference to those who we are close to so in that way we are sharing the merit of this diligence that you all exhibited today in coming here and staying present and in, in uh, your interest in your attention and your openness to some new ideas this is all uh, a way that we do the work and share it with with our with our neighbors our coworkers our <clears throat> communities our even the people that we most struggle with. We are helping everyone when we practice is my firm conviction that we are helping everyone when we practice. So I hope that you uh, appreciate, deeply appreciate your uh, diligence in doing the practice and in all the ways I've mentioned. So um, may we share this, the blessings of this practice with all that we come in contact with. And may we send out our good wishes to this world that is in so need of healing. And may we extend our deep prayers for peace for all beings. May all beings everywhere be at peace within themselves. May all beings everywhere be at peace with one another. May all beings and creatures find peace and harmony in this world. Again, my thanks. See you again. Hi. Quick reminder
6: for everyone who has signed up for CE credits. If you did sign up for CE credits, please pick up your certificate here in the back of this room. CE certificates will not be available at another date. Thank you very much.
5: Thank you for listening.